Lekutah Sicha is Chelik Chafalev, Parashat Truma Sicha, Alev, a summary of the Sicha. It's already being discussed that the name of a Sedra contains the theme of that Sedra. The name describes what is contained in this Sedra. It's not just that, uh, you know, they needed a name and so pick a word from the beginning of the Sedra. It's, not, it's much more than that. It's become a minig that it's called by that name and everything, and minig Yisrael Teireh, and therefore in Taita everything is very accurate so the name that the Seder has conveys what that Seder is all about so the question is why is this Seder called by the name Truma it's, in fact it's not even one of the first words in the Seder there's a word the Yikhu before that Truma does not seem to convey what's going on in the Seder what's going on in the Seder seems to be the Mishkan the, the building of the Mishkan and the giving of the donations, which Truma means, is only one element, a very introductory element to the building of the Mishkan. So it would seem that it would be more a name that would convey it better, would be something describing the Mishkan. In fact, one could ask the question even a step back. Why does the Sedra begin with the Yikhuli Truma, which is a... It should come. It would seem that it would make more logical sense that the seder should start. Hashem said to Moshe, "I want you to build a mikdash so that I can dwell amongst you, and then go into the details. In order to do this, you should make a collection of all the materials that are needed, and then this is how you should build it and give them all the details of the of the mishkan, rather than start with the truma and then go on to explain now what is this." donation for, because I want them to make a mishka. So from the fact that it starts with the Yikhuli Truma, and called by the name Truma, it would seem that that seems to convey the idea of what the mishkan is about, even more than the Pasuk, the Yikhul Migdash. So we have to understand what that is. In fact, in the word mishkan and the word Truma seem to be opposites to each other. They convey opposite ideas. How so? The words for Mishkan, which means Hashem dwells in that place. It's the place in which Hashem resides. And what, what is the meaning of Hashem residing in a Mishkan, in a physical building? As Shloim HaMelech asked the question, the heavens and the heavens above the heavens cannot contain the presence of Hashem, and this building is going to be able to contain the presence of Hashem? So what's the answer to that question, which is always a question. How is Hashem contained in a physical building, a small, tiny building? The answer is that because Hashem decided that He wants to reside in that building, so it's because He decided and He placed Himself into that building, and that's why He's there. So the, the concept of Mishkan is that Hashem decided to come down to the Mishkan. Truma conveys that it's all done by the efforts of man we gave donations, it's what we are doing, the yikhu, they shall take from me a truma. So that it conveys that it's the people that are drawing Hashem into the Mishkan. Those are two opposite ideas. So to understand this, we have to first explain another question, which is, why does the Torah go into so much detail about describing the Mishkan as it was built in the, in the Midbar? We know that that was only meant to be a temporary place, it's called an oil a temporary dwelling. It was transitory. In other words, it moved around from place to place. It wasn't even fixed in one place, which would give it another permanence. And that Mishkan was uh, was buried. In other words, it was hidden away 
for the, because it was no longer going to be used because once you get into Yisrael, that becomes the holy place of Hashem on, on, in Yerushalayim on the Harabais. that's where it has to be and that's a permanent place it's called Beis Lamim, an eternal, uh, eternal Beis HaMikdosh so when you see that this is only temporary and that's permanent why does the Torah go through so much detail giving every single detail and nuance of how it was built for what purpose it doesn't tell us anything about what we need to know for the future it would seem it, we can understand why you have to learn about the second base of Midosh and the first base of Midosh, even though they were destroyed because the third base of Midosh is going to be built based on the, the uh, architecture of the first two so we need to know in order to build the third one we need to know what to do how the first and the second one were and in fact there's another reason why we have to learn it we know that when we learn about the Beis HaMikdosh Hashem considers it as if we are busy building the Beis HaMikdosh so that could be said about the Beis HaMikdosh which is an ongoing mitzvah that there has to be a Beis HaMikdosh and that's why when we learn about it even though we can't actually build it but at least we're involved in the mitzvah of building the Beis HaMikdosh but how could you say that about the Mishkan, which is no longer a mitzvah to make a Mishkan? And perhaps we can answer that um, since we learned the mitzvah of building the Beis HaMikdosh from our Parsha, from the Osul in Mikdosh, that's the mitzvah as it was described for the Mishkan, but that's where the mitzvah is to build the first and the second Beis HaMikdosh. And first, in fact, even the third Beis HaMikdosh is from this Pasuk, from the description of the Mishkan. And it's also true that even though the, the Beis HaMikdosh looks very different and much bigger and the sizes are not the same at all but the general elements of the Mishkan are what informs how the Beis HaMikdosh has to be made for instance there should be a Kedush HaKadoshim and there should be an outer room and what the and the Oren and the, the Shulchan and the Menorah and so, uh, many of the elements of the Mishkan were incorporated into the Beis HaMikdosh so therefore we have to learn about the Mishkan in order to understand the general principles of how the Mishkan should be made in fact we learn that everybody has an obligation to participate both uh, physically and also financially in the building of the Beis HaMikdosh from the Truma from the way the donations were given for the Mishkan that it was the men and the women and they gave money and they helped out physically that's how we learned it for there too and that's why we need to learn about the Mishkan because it does inform how that's meant to happen how the Beis Amigdash in the future is meant to happen in fact it would seem that the, the fact that it started with a uh, temporary building and then went on to a more fixed building in Yerushalayim is not just that it happened that way but that it's meant to happen that way it's meant to happen gradually step by step and therefore, in order to be able to fully, um, fully get the Vaasul Migdash that we are as if we're building the Migdash ourselves by learning it, we have to learn every step of it, the Mishkan and then the Beis Migdash, to get that full picture of how it's supposed to happen. But even though all this is true, but since the Torah is eternal and the Torah writes about the Mishkan in such detail it means that there's something there which is eternal to us as well so we have to understand what's eternal about the Mishkan so to understand this there are two Medrashim which describe when did Hashem descend into the world one Medrash says that it happened by Matan Torah 
There was originally the separation between the spiritual and the physical, the upper and the lower. And then Hashem by Matantar decided to remove that separation, the gzeira as it's called. And now the upper were able to go down to the lower and the lower were able to rise up to the upper. And Hashem said, I will be the one to start. And that's what it says, Vayered Hashem al Harsine, Hashem came down on Mount Sinai. And then it says later, and he said to Moshe, come up to Hashem. So we see the upper went down, Moshe Rabbeinu, the lower went up. That's where it happened. Another medrash says that it happened by the day that the Mishkan was built, that's when Hashem came down into the world. And so it seems to be a dispute, but the truth is that they're not argue, arguing at all. By Matan Teireh, it happened from the upper perspective. That's when Hashem came down. He lowered Himself into the world. And since it happened only by Hashem imposing Himself onto Har Sinai, so even though while it was going on, while Hashem was on Har Sinai, it was so holy, so imbued with holiness, that if anybody touched it, they would die. But then, on the other hand, when the shofar blew, which marked the end of, uh, of uh, Matan Torah, which means Hashem had ascended back up from Har Sinai, then anybody can touch and anybody can walk on Har Sinai. In other words, the Kedusha lifted itself up and it didn't remain on the mountain. On the other hand, when Hashem dwelled, came down in the Mishkan, it happened through V'asu, we shall make a Mikdash. The Yidin have to be, it came through the efforts of the person. As it says again, it's all about how we make it. We have to create that place where Hashem is going to come down to. And that's why the Mishkan itself became imbued with holiness that it didn't leave. It remained holy because this was done through the efforts of the Mata and the Mata transformed the physical aspect, uh, elements as well. Or in the words of Chassidus, the Matan Torah brought about Hashras Hashchina as it is superimposed from above Hashem decided that He wants to come down here and since the purpose of Hashem coming down of of the upper coming down to the lower is for the purpose of the lower rising up to the, to the upper meaning to say the purpose is that this should be a place of holiness therefore Hashem started by Him coming down and therefore allows for the lower to come up to the upper but that will only happen of course through the efforts of the Mata but as far as Hashem is concerned from His perspective if this is the purpose of what he, why He's doing it He doesn't need it to actually carry out when the potential is there He doesn't need it to actually play out for that to be His reality and therefore that became the re- reality at least temporarily and that's why by Matan even the animals didn't, didn't uh, make sounds everything was quiet and the, uh, the sound came from every direction Hashem's voice speaking came from all four directions and from heaven and from earth meaning to say that the earth itself cried out there is nothing but Hashem but it didn't capture the matter. Eventually all that went away. The whole purpose really is, however, that it should happen from the efforts of Lamata. That the people should create it. That we, the matter, the physical world, should create that host, that being a host to Hashem. 
And in this way, the Mishkan and what it represents even outdoes what Matan Torah was. Because Matan Torah could accomplish it only from the perspective of above, but the below, the people or the world didn't, uh, didn't absorb it. And the Mishkan and what it represents, which is that the human, human should do it, that is greater even than Matan Torah in that sense. And that's why the Torah says the Truma, which expresses the human contribution, even before which is the idea that's expressed by the Mishkan, which is Hashem's dwelling in the world, that's the, the Truma part of it is even more important than captures the idea even more than the word Mikdash. In fact, the word Truma, not only, it represents the human contribution in many ways the word truma itself has two meanings, one is to separate, that the people were told separate some of your money to Hashem to the, to the uh, effort of the Mishkan it also means to elevate so that it conveys a step by step program, a person a human is not able to suddenly be, give everything away that's not how it works you have to give a little bit away. Separate means keep some for yourself, keep most for yourself, give away a little bit. That should be elevated, and that should be lead to higher and elevations, and higher elevations, eventually you give more, and so on. So that expresses another difference. When it comes from above, when the, the Shekhinah, you know, superimposes himself, as I said, onto the world, so then everything becomes equally bottled. It's such a great revelation, so out of bounds to Hashem Himself that everything receives an equal bittle. Everything becomes suddenly totally bottled. But when a human does it, it has to be done in a step-by-step manner. Nobody can suddenly be, uh, become totally bottled. The best, the best that we could do is you give a little bit of it. You allow some of yourself to be bottled to Hashem. Then it grows to a greater bittle because whatever happens from below has to happen in a everything is done, every thing and every person reacts differently and has a different level of commitment and a level, a different level of spiritual uh, awareness and so on so it has to be in an orderly way in a step by step way as expressed by the word truma, or put in other words by Matan it was an absolute bittle of the lower worlds the creating the Mishkan was a refinement, step-by-step refinement, a little better and more and more until one becomes fully refined. Which is also the reason why the Torah lists all the 13 or 15 materials that were needed for the Mishkan, because when you're doing it that way from below, you have, every element has to be treated differently. You can't refine gold in the same way as refining spiritually wool. So everything has its own way of being done and the Torah goes through this, all the steps of what needs to be done. And that's why the Torah begins with truma even before Vasil and Mikdash because the main thrust of what the Mishkan was meant to accomplish is expressed by the word Truma. And that is an explanation also to why the Torah dwells and teaches about the Mishkan and all of its elements. Not just as we tried to say before that this is an introduction to the eventual Beis Amigdash and it informs how the Beis Amigdash will be but also that it has a message on its own and the reason is not just because it's Truma and it's the human effort but it's more than that not just because 
it came after Matan Torah. Matan Torah was all about Hashem. And now that Matan Torah finished and everything ascended back to its normal thing, so we have to start our contribution. It's even more than that. It's because it happens in the Midbar. The Midbar is a place which the Pasuk says, Adam Sham. It's a place where man does not live there, settle there. But that is spiritually what that means is Adam refers to Adam Sha'ala Kisei, Hashem himself. That's a place devoid of godliness. It's a place of, which is arid, dry. There's no Torah, there's no mitzvahs, there's no God. It seems like there's no godliness. And that's where we built the Mishkan, as opposed to when you go to Etz Yisrael. And over there, Etz Yisrael is a holy land, and, the la- and it's a place chosen by Hashem. It's a place that Hashem is always watching over it. It's on the, uh, on the Shara Shamaim, it's on Har, Har, uh, Hamaria, you know, the Temple Mount, which is called the, the, the Gates of Heaven, as Yaakov described it. So that is already brings elements of Hashem having chosen that place. So there, it's of course easier to bring holiness to it, but when you have to do it in the Midbar, that's where the Mishkan was built, in a place which is completely dry and completely, almost it sounds godless, godless that is a greater type of uh, human effort. That's where you truly need human effort, and that's why it was more important to teach. The Torah feels that it needs to teach the, the uh, Mishkan of the Midbar, as the Rambam calls it, when he talks about what we need to contribute. He says in the Halacha that everyone has to contribute and help on their own, to give money and to, give, and to help men and women. He calls it the Mikdash Sheba Midbar, the Migdash has it in the in Midbar. Why does he suddenly refer to it that way? Because the fact that it's the Midbar takes, it means that everyone has to contribute. It's all about our contribution. That's also a lesson that we find ourselves today in Golos, and a person could feel very often that I myself am like an arid, like a dry desert. There's no, I don't have any God. I'm not rooted in godliness. I feel completely shaken loose from Hashem and so on. How am I going to build a Mishkan? That's the lesson. The Yidin and the Midbar, that's what they were. They, the original Mishkan was built Dafke in a place where it was devoid of godliness. And through this, because when you build it in a dark place, the light that comes is even greater, so then we reach a level of Midbar as it is in its positive, which means, Layashav Adam means that Hashem is not there, means. It's not the level of Hashem which is referred to as Adam Shalakisei. It refers to a level within godliness which is transcendent of Adam Shalakisei. And that's what we reach through building our Mishkan in the desert.